The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, thank you everyone and thank you for coming today to Doing Braille Digitally on this New Year's Eve day, last day of 2022. I know that uh, many people have celebrations and things like that going on, so I appreciate those of you who chose to share your time with me. I want to thank um, Lucy for hosting us, and um, Belle is streaming us, and I want to thank, you know what, I do not remember who our moderator is in Clubhouse. Is that uh, Herbie or is it Belle? It's me. (laughs) It's you, Belle. She's doing triple duty here today, so we want to thank her for all of that. And today, what we want to do is we want all of you to share with us what new Braille tech you might have gotten for Christmas, if you did get any. And, you know, later on, after we have some of you share, we will have Chanel talk to us about her impressions of the Hable One. I know there's been a couple different presentations you might have heard at different places, but, you know, it's always nice to get a new perspective and as a new user, she can tell you what um, difficulties she might have found at first getting used to it and different things like that. So we will have that. Also, if you are wanting to talk about your Braille display on a future call, you can email me at digitally at gmail.com. That is all together, no spaces. And I will be happy to coordinate with you when would be a convenient time for that. And at this point, we will now ask if anybody has any new Braille tech gifts that they have received or even uh, gotten themselves for this holiday season. So go ahead and raise your hand and Lucy will call on you or Belle will in Clubhouse. Do we have any hands? Not yet. Oh, wow. And not in Clubhouse. Not in Clubhouse? Wow. Okay. Oops. Did somebody say something? Okay. Well, I guess if that is the case, we will then let you guys can think about it a little more, um, what you might want to share. And we will have uh, Chanel talk to us about her new tech toy. Yes. Thank you very much, Nikki. I did prepare a bit of a lengthy outline, but um, you can just stop me whenever. If we have any questions, I will just say I the Hable One is a Bluetooth Braille keyboard. It's referred to as an assistant to your smartphone. And I do like the fact that it's so small. What I don't like is I'm still getting adjusted to typing on it. The keys are a bit more difficult to press. But as far as the description, it differs from other Bluetooth keyboards, and particularly the Orbit Writer. One, that's because it has a Bluetooth, excuse me, geez, I can't talk today. <laughs> I should have practiced. It has a built-in Braille translation. So with most Braille displays and even the Orbit Writer keyboard, you're relying on the phone to do the Braille translation. But the Orbit, oh, the Hable does that for you. The other difference is that it does not have the typical modifier keys, command, option, control, and that it is similar to the Orbit. But you can use certain keys. It has a very logical command structure for manipulating your smart device. And the systems it supports are Android and iOS. I have heard, I'm a bit confused still as to whether it works with Windows. It may be work as just a standard Bluetooth keyboard. I have not tried that. And the documentation has certainly not covered that aspect of it. It costs $349. Um, Some people have said they've seen it other places are cheaper, but whenever I've looked, it's always been $349 from the website imhable.com, and I'll give that link again at the end, or northstateat.com. And 
So it is a small, like I said, it's a very small keyboard. It's about as wide as, let's say, a deck of cards and a couple inches longer. I think the formal documentation says 10 centimeters by five. Um, some people have compared it to an iOS, uh, like an iPhone 7. Um, so the keys on it, there's basically two vertical columns of three keys with one long button on the left and one on the right. The one on the left is dot seven and the one on the right is dot eight or actually more so backspace and enter or space. Um, it does have an included battery, which takes about three hours to charge, and it's supposed to last for a few weeks. I have not. I did charge it up once when I received it, uh, which was a few weeks ago, and the battery still says high. I mean, maybe I don't use it as much as some other people might, but it's supposed to last a while. And there is a USB-C cable provided to charge it. Um, there may be a print guide and a whole bunch of other stuff in the box. I don't remember, but what's more useful is the email that comes from Hable, uh, the welcome email with starting guides, troubleshooting guides, and it even has some sort of um, punctuation and alphabet charts. I have not looked at those. And as far as, so like I said, you mainly use the Hable with iOS or Android, but it does have a menu for things like changing the language, the hold duration. Um, mainly information is communicated in vibrations, and so the hold duration is how long do you hold before those vibrations uh, are felt and before the action is carried out. Um, you can also set the operating system to iOS or Android, which you really shouldn't need to do. It just started working with iOS. Um, I did try resetting it as a troubleshooting step for one thing I'm about to describe later, but um, you can also exchange the buttons. So you can replace, you know, move around dots one and three and four and six. Um, so they can, whatever, some people like to do that. I know some people who do their Braille screen input where it seems like they have dots four, five, and six on the left, for instance. Um, yeah, I don't know why they'd want to do that. But anyway, um, you can also check the battery status in the menu. So how to hold this thing? This is what I truly love about this keyboard. It is very much similar to how you hold the iPhone for Braille screen input in a way, screen away mode. So there is a, you hold it longwise with, there's an on off switch and it points towards the ceiling and the USB port points down. And it's designed to be held in the air. I've tried putting it on my lap sometimes just because I've wonder find that might, might be easier but my typing accuracy might be a bit better holding it in the air um, and, and screen away layout so the way you type you you type normally um, it's like I said similar to the feeling of braille screen input instead of your hands instead of like on a braille writer with your hands the dots going horizontally the keys you know your dot your finger on dot one is across from your left finger on dot one is across from your right hand finger on dot four hopefully that makes it um, somewhat easy to understand uh, when you type though i find the keys are a bit noisier than i expected and it's you kind of have to press down hard or maybe i just have weak hands i need to get back into piano playing or something um so the way you enter text, you would enter it like normal, but your dot seven on the left is your backspace. And on the right, you have a long key and that's used for the space bar. Or you can also do um, dots one and eight for enter or a new line with dots two and eight. And when you press dot six for capitals, or a double, uh, you know, the capitalized indicator with two dot sixes, it will vibrate. It also vibrates when you press the number sign. Um, you can do things like delete the previous word that you've typed. So instead of just backspacing, you know, all the way, you could do press dots five and seven to delete the previous word. And you can also select all by, you know, the very familiar Braille display command dots 
two, three, five, and six, except you just hold those. On a Braille display, you might press space, dots two, three, five, six. But on the Hable, you hold them until you feel the vibration. And there are other selection commands I just haven't used yet. Um, so how do we navigate on this thing? Well, it has its own structure, you know, on a typical Braille display or even the orbit, you know, you might be used to hitting space and some keys like space with dots five, six to go to your next rotor uh, category and space with dots two, three to go to your previous rotor category. Well, it works a little bit different um, on the Hable. So you go to the next item by holding dot seven and pressing dots eight. And to go back, you hold dot eight while pressing dot seven. Um, the next word is you hold dot seven while pressing dot five. And yes, you guessed it. Previous word is hold dot five while pressing dot seven. Um, the character is the combination of dots four and seven. Uh, the rotor is kind of similar to other displays in that you hold dots five and six. Well, you press dots five and six and hold dot seven to go forward. And then you press dot uh, well, I may have that backwards. I'm, I'm still trying to get used to the structure. Um, and so there are other phone commands that it supports, like holding dots one and two to go back. Home is holding the Braille letter H. Um, you One thing that I find really useful is the spotlight search for bringing up an app. Let's say I'm on my second or third page of apps, or I just don't feel like going all the way to the top and then um, holding, you know, dot seven and tapping dot eight a few times to get over to messages. So I can do spotlight, which is just pressing dots one and six to bring up the app that I want, like messages or messenger or mail. Um, another useful command I find is find text, which is holding dots one, two, and four. And that's great if I'm trying to find a specific message conversation with somebody, I can just type in their name. It's very much similar to when you use like the JAWS find or the voiceover find in Mac. Um, when So it does have a couple of other commands, like a new, for a new message, you can do holding dots two, three, four, five, and six. So I don't expect anybody to remember these commands. It's just kind of there's a difference between the commands that you hold down the keys and wait for a vibration or those that you use, you know, just kind of hold and press to move around the screen. It also supports things like the app switcher. You can lock your screen and you can unlock it so your phone can be in your pocket. Um, I find sometimes the unlock, it makes the unlock sound, but my voiceover still speaks. So it doesn't then truly like go silent until a few seconds later. Um, you know, you also have your typical commands for going to the control center, notification center. They really do support uh, Siri and dictation. I have not tried. I tried Siri once and there was definitely a bit of a delay between when I pressed the command and when I actually heard the little donk sound where I could talk to Siri. Um, you can do screen curtain, magic tap. Uh, tap and hold, mute, play pause, switch keyboard, all that good stuff. But the other interesting thing with this keyboard is quick navigation. And I'm going to explain what it is by uh, telling you what I couldn't do with it. So when I was in the manual and I was looking for commands to, okay, how do I move to the top of my screen? How do I move to the first app or the last app? Well, the manual was saying dots one, two, three, holding dots one, two, and three. And I would do that, but it wouldn't take me to the top or the bottom of my screen. Um, and it also wouldn't let me go to my next page of apps because sometimes I like to go to page two or whatever. And normally, you know, with touch gestures, you can just do a three finger flick left. Well, I could not for the life of me figure out how in the heck to do that. So... I finally got to reading the functions manual and realized that there was a qu quick navigation key that I did not, or quick navigation mode, I did not enable. And on many Bluetooth keyboards, I think it just kind of comes on. Um, and that is how you get around the screen. So 
once I enabled it by holding dots three, four, and six, then I was able to perform those commands, moving to the first or last item, getting my next page of apps. And even what's great is you can hold dots one, four, five, six when you're in your app switcher. And that is, I think, the scroll down gesture, but that will that's the equivalent of a three-finger flick up, and that closes um, the app that's in focus in the app switcher. Another useful thing for quick navigation is the single letter quick navigation, and that you hold dots one, two, three, four, five. And that's mainly useful if you are in Safari and you want to use things like H for heading, B for button. I have not gotten a command to work for form fields or edit fields, F, E, but it works to go to links. I, there's a couple other things that work there. But then you do have to remember to turn quick navigation off whenever you want to type in something like an address or even if you go back into messages and, and type something out. So I kind of, you know, gave you overall what I think of the keyboard. I like it. I mainly use it for typing messages. Um, it's definitely better than typing on the Braille display with all the Braille quirks. I mean, I still have a problem on my Braille display where I can't press dot eight to send a message. You know, it brings up select and you, then you have to dismiss all that, even though that was supposed to have been fixed in the latest iOS. And you don't have the quirks that are involved with Braille translation on the iPhone. Um, but it is harder to compare for me to Braille screen input since my accuracy when typing quickly isn't as great as I would have hoped, and space isn't always registered. So sometimes I'll be typing a wor some words and the words run together. Um, a couple things for that. I've realized holding the keyboard in the air and uh, maybe, you know, turning, making sure quick nav is off. Because sometimes when I type, it'll turn off, before, you know, when I get into the field, but then it'll just randomly turn on again. So if I make sure it's off at the outset, that might be a bit more helpful. Um, let's see. So sometimes when I would type another bug, we were talking about this on the list. Or I'm not sure if it's a bug, but as you type, certain words are set, you know, misspelled as you type. And then sometimes it'll try to read spelling suggestions. I don't remember the exact wording, but I did turn all of that off. I already had autocorrect off and I already had auto capitalization and predictive. But being that it's a little bit less chatty, I think has helped somewhat with my typing speed. Um, and sometimes another navigation bug is, you know, when I'm pressing dots or holding dot seven and pressing dot eight to go forward, I think I've noticed it more so going forward, but it could be that thing going backwards. Sometimes dictation is activated, uh, maybe if I'm going too fast. And so that, that can be a bit of a minor annoyance. Um, yeah, let's see. So, and although the Hable is supposed to be a remote for the smartphone, I still think using touch gestures in many instances is easier or the explore by touch. For example, playing something like Dice World, where it's just a heck of a lot easier to, you know, find the roll button at the bottom left or, you know, explore, move up your finger to find the dice or, or Clubhouse. There are some things in Clubhouse where you can't find unless you, you know, put your finger at the bottom and, I think flicking for me using the touch gestures is still faster than using the keyboard. Um, so there are several places to obtain more information. You can go to the site, iamhable.com. That's all one word, I-A-M-H-A-B-L-E.com. I'm sorry, I know a lot of people ask for phone numbers and I didn't even think of that. Um, there's also on that site, in addition to the support documentation, there's documentation for using it with Android, iOS. There's a just a getting started guide, a functions manual, a few other things. But there are also videos demonstrating various, has, various tasks for using the Hable, like creating contacts, um, answering a phone call, using Spotify, uh, different things of that nature. And there is also a Mystic Access tutorial. Um, I was informed of this in uh, Maria Christic's presentation, or Christic, Christic, not sure if I'm pronouncing that name correctly. But anyway, 
Um, and they also have a link on their site, apparently, to North State AT, where you can buy the Hable. Uh, but their tutorial is $35. And so that may be an option. I guess it really walks you. It's very detailed. There's also a couple of Hable communities. I'm involved in one, which is the Groups.io group. Um, I think it's just Hable community at groups.io. So that is the Hable. I am willing to entertain any questions. I'm sorry I didn't feel like doing a demonstration, but uh, definitely I'm still, it's still kind of in the toy phase for me, but it, it's, I hope I get even more comfortable using it. All right. We have a raised hand, Diane. Oh, awesome. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a question. I was just going to mention that I got mine at the beginning of September, and I haven't um, charged the battery again. Oh, I mean, wow. Oh, I charged it when I first got it, you know, but, and I use it quite a bit, so, but I still haven't had to charge it yet, so. Okay. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. What? Go ahead. I'll let you finish. And, yeah, it's, I use it, uh, some of the, um, sites i think it's faster to flick and <clears throat> like on when i shop i i just i use my iphone i don't use the hable um i use it on the internet you know when i'm um exploring a site but when i'm actually working with the site i use the phone the iphone that makes sense yeah it's easier when you're shopping to flick and you know check your cart and all that so yeah um, but I like mine too. I really like it. It's, it's really, it's a neat thing and you'll get used to it more and more. And it's neat to have it, have your phone in your purse or in your pocket and be able to type in your password and not have to have everybody hear it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, do have you, so do you have trouble with typing and or do you find it doesn't always insert a space and all that? Or do you, um, no, I haven't really had that trouble. Okay. Um, and then I, I haven't had to push hard on the keys either. Um, so maybe if you adjust your touch or I don't know. Yeah, I've adjusted the whole duration. But oh, yeah, okay. it's just, yeah. it just doesn't feel super natural to me yet. Um, and one thing that I overlooked, so I when I was having all the troubles, you know, I thought, okay, maybe there's a way to update this thing and um it is kind of buried on the site, but there's a tool you can download to check if your Hable has the latest update. For example, it does if when you enter the menu by holding down all six dots, um, it should give you four vibrations. Um, so that's apparently they've made some adjustments in the later updates. And so it's worth checking. I think I already oh, yeah. had it. But yeah. I'll have to check the latest update. I, cause, um, I, it's probably been updated since I got mine. So. Okay, yeah. It's it's buried. It's under support, but it's kind of farther down on the page. I didn't see it when I first went on there. Oh, okay. I'll check that out. Yep. All right, Desi. And we do have one at uh, Clubhouse, too. Okay. We'll take her after Desi. Okay. Um, My question was about, um, I know you said that it um, it does its own Braille translating. So, um, how does that work with, for instance, I'm old fashioned the same way I'm old. Okay. And oh, I know I never I, guess. And I, um, I don't really love using UEB. So, um, when oh, I braille stuff, when I braille stuff for myself, you know, I still use, um, the old US braille grade two, um, and I'm wondering, um, can you do that successfully, or how does the whole translation thing? Hey, that's exactly the question I was going to ask, Desi. That's yeah, it only Yay. so it's the language in it is um, UEB. Unfortunately, there's English UEB, so you know it. Mm. There supports other languages, but really, I don't think. You know, I think you could still, as long as you didn't use a few contractions like the two and BLE and by, yeah, you yeah. know, as long as I think you might be surprised at, at how well, you know, you would and you can actually switch to grade one. So it does support that if you wanted to type in grade one, but you'd still yeah, have to use can. the UEB punctuation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I've used, um, pretty much a lot of the grade two 
thinks, but like you say, the feel, you know, the numbers, it'll think it's a number sign and, you know, so. Well, there are different rules for like all caps too, aren't there? And like, it's just sometimes uh, it's just different terminology. So, so, you know, capital, the capitalized, um, it's just, you know, so for a passage, so for a word, you do two dot sixes. If you're going to capitalize a whole passage, like a bunch of words, you know, you type three dot sixes at the beginning of the passage and then um, a dot six and a dot three to close the passage. Oh, okay. I always forget those. Okay. And I think quotes have some too, but... Um, not the basic quotes, you know, there, oh, okay. yeah, there's some, it, like, if you're going to do quotes, quotes within quotes, I think that's different, you know, but it's still, it's just a matter of sometimes where you place what symbol. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Is okay, there a toggle thanks. for if you, let's say you want to type in a password and you, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, I guess, well, UEB has, um, you know, you can do that in UEB. I'm used yeah, to that's what I both. love about UEB is that I don't have to switch to a different grade. I can type yeah. in passwords. I can, you know, that's why I embraced UEB is so I could, um, because it was just that much easier to type stuff in. That is a good point. <laughs> I need to remember that. Okay, so let's take our clubhouse person. All right. All right, Tyanne. Tyanne. <laughs> Well, Desi took my question because I was going to ask the same thing because I do not like UAB. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Herbie. Anyone? Oh, Herbie, yeah. go ahead. So, a couple of things. Um, first of all, uh, first of all, I will say for those of you holding out on uh, UAB, I sympathize. I ended up um, trying it out several years ago because of Braille screen input. And there's something I have a love hate relationship with it because I'm being honest. I, I uh, you know, don't like having, for instance, to write out the word too. But I must admit, I do like it a lot better for writing out like web addresses and stuff like that. So it's really a, it is it is a love hate relationship, and you just kind of get used to it. Um, um, so, but it's, on, on the whole, it's not that much different, I found. But that was, uh, that's a whole nother discussion in itself. And um, I wanted to focus on two things. One, I'm not surprised about the battery because Bluetooth keyboards in general have really good battery life. And the other thing that was, uh, we're going to bring up the elephant in the room here because you didn't mention the M word, the Mac. Can it work on the mac i don't know it's only like i said earlier i did actually cover that i said the i don't know well okay i meant a computer a different you know a computer operating system fine i just wondered (laughs) because since that you know since it does already work with voiceover on ios if that was a little Mm, i doubt it but but i guess it doesn't really work with so much voiceover as it works well, it kind of does. I mean, it do- yeah, right. it's, I, I don't know. Okay, because I thought I had heard on another presentation it did work with the PC, so, but I could be confusing that with the Orbit, so. Yeah, all right. Sorry, all did right. you have an, okay. Oh, oh, were you done? No, no, the, yeah, yeah, I was done. Okay. okay. Good presentation, oh, but, but good presentation, though, I was going to Absolutely, well. yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. All right, Kim. Hello, Kim. Hello. Hey. Um, I missed. Whoops. I missed the first part of that question. Does what work on the Mac? Oh, the Hable one. This keyboard that I'm talking about. Oh, um, oh, okay, okay. Because I know focus works on it. Yeah, this is a Bluetooth keyboard, so um but it has it's with braille input commands. So it's a little oh. bit different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, Deb. Oh Deb, you're still muted? Now maybe I'm not. There, there you go. go. Yes. And do I sound okay now? 
Yes. Your battery, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You sound great. Okay. Okay. Well, no, because I didn't. So I think I fixed it. <clears throat> so I was going to make a couple of comments. I have a Hable. And um, so um, it does not work on the Mac. And the reason that it doesn't is that it depends totally on the, the ability to do the gestures. It's not really emulating the keyboard too much on the phone no. as much as it's emulating all the gestures. So whether they could program it to work with the um, trackpad commander on the Mac, they could, but that's probably not really the way most of the people using a Mac use it really. So no. that would be yeah, a bigger learning curve. Um, yeah. So, so that is one thing. Um, I can also comment on that. It does work with Android though. Um, in fact, that's been a real godsend. I really like oh, that because I do have um, an Android phone in addition to my iPhone and um, it's one of the few ways you can actually do that. So that's oh, actually awesome. really good. Um, and we probably don't have a bunch of Android users here, but if we needed to have a call on that, there are some differences. Um, the other thing about it, <clears throat> the the UEB thing, I, I mean, I'm kind of like Chanel. I'm I'm totally fine with UEB now that I've gotten used to it and I cheat and some because I don't know all the my husband's a proofreader and he can tell you all those wonky intricacies but we're not writing that stuff so right we're not writing textbooks and um, most of what we write we can make write correctly for ourselves and make it read correctly and so you sort of make your own adaptation which would not be well received in school but it's okay here <laughs> But what I was going to say is that it is sort of too bad and it might be worth um, providing feedback to them about the fact that if they were to um, handle it a little bit more like the um, the newer Braille displays are handled where they are connected by Bluetooth, but they still reach out to the Braille tables over there, then you would be able to set up the braille table that you wanted on the braille side and then you would be able to enter the characters from the table and it would work because um it's still totally possible with a braille display on the on the iDevices to have um whatever braille table you want and so yep. um although I will tell you that that's a really good way to learn UEB is to have it there it is but, but if you if you don't do that um then you can persist with your Duxbury, um, you know, grade two or whatever you have. So, and go back and forth. So, so it would be sort of cool if they would do that, but it's really unlikely because the whole world is trying to get, uh, is, is really putting pressure on people to, to do the, um, and, and a lot of you are not old enough to remember when we went through this misery in 1959, when they last big braille code change was but i remember that and we lived through that so um and and we and they and we had to learn it over and 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 as kids because i was a kid you did have to learn it over because they made you so yeah i thought it was totally uh, annoying because kids didn't have to learn print over it stayed the same (laughs) but braille made massive changes in 1959 so um, so really, um, I think, I think that basically, um, you know, it, it, I think it works fine. I think the UEB part of it works fine, but I think a lot of the things, you, you know, the only real characters you can't do the, like the A-T-I-O-N and A-L-L-Y and cause those will make capital, capital yeah. letters show up. Um, but, but really most of the rest of it, if you just space the words, uh, like two and that kind of thing. Um, you would have no problem. It's, it's, you know, it lets you cheat quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. And actually that's a good point because I, I, you know, when, when you were talking about that, Chanel, and even you, Deb, it made me think that I want to start trying to practice that on my Braille display with my iPhone, because it would be nice to be able to enter email addresses and passwords and web addresses without having to switch over to computer braille oh it's and, great well, you know and that, that i would like to be able to do it what intimidates me most isn't the like the two or the buy i mean they're inconvenient but they're just minor annoyances 
I was starting to read about those rules, like the capitals. I'm like, I'm never going to remember that dot three and six to end it or whatever. But if I think about it really seriously, I'm not going to do that often if I'm on the phone, which is when I most use Braille or, you know, even on a computer that I'm not typing long passages of stuff like that with quotes within quotes and things like that. So, I mean, I know on your phone. I mean, you know, if you're really writing giant essays or school papers or work papers or something on your phone, yeah. then, then that's probably going to then get a or Bluetooth keyboard because yeah. even the Braille on the phone, even the Duxbury isn't going to totally back, no. rate, back translate no. accurately. So using on the computer, keyboard, it's going to be more efficient. In yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You, you know, so I shouldn't let that intimidate me because, you know, the more I think about it, the less, I mean, I'm not going to be doing all that that much. So, so right. one thing I Good forgot thought. Yeah. So two things. I actually, way back, um, I kind of helped myself learn UEB by taking notes in it. I was taking notes for Herbie once uh, or something. And then I put those notes on the computer and I'd see, maybe I was using an orbit or something. I would see, you know, how I was typing and the words I messed up on um, and like, oh yeah, UEB. Okay. And then I did the Hadley course transitioning to UEB is great. Um, it gives you enough of the basics without overloading you. Then I did try the Braille transcribing course, the UEB. Um, another thing took notes for me, it was the Braille sense. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Um, then the, Another thing I really like about the keyboard, which I forgot to mention, is it is ready to go usually. You know, when I'm when I want to type something on my phone, there's no kind of waiting, you know, for it. it. It's when you turn it on, it is paired and ready, unlike my braille display. And sometimes we still have, you know, arguments over whether it's going to connect and work right away. So yeah. Um the Hable is good at staying paired and being paired. All right. Well, don't you have to go into the Bluetooth settings originally to pair it, though? Yes, but when you turn it on, it oh, just—it's okay, just there. Okay. It's just yeah, yeah. I get it. Automagically, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> All okay, right, Lucy? we have Anicio. Hello, Anicio. Hi. Um, you know, I missed the the beginning of the demonstration, so I'm sorry if this question is already asked, but. Do you have any experience at all in comparing the ABLE one with the Orbit Rider? Yes. So I don't. Okay. Um, I do have an Orbit Rider. It is even more clunky to type on. But um, so I don't like it. What I said about the Hable is that it already has inbuilt Braille translation. Mm -hmm. And so, and the keys are an entirely different layout. They're two vertical columns. So you're basically your dot one is across from your dot four. And it's smaller. It fits more. You know, it's designed to be kind of used in the air as opposed to held on the table or in your lap. So that's the basic difference. That's good. Uh, the other thing that I just wanted to mention, the this this uh, discomfort with uh, UEB. Um, I I've um, grew up in a different country, so I had to learn a, a, a totally different type of uh, contracted Braille in different languages. Um, uh -huh. and I I do think that using a Braille display and forcing you to, if you force yourself by choosing UEB. In the um, in the selection on the settings, it really slowly you'll you'll get the you'll get the gist, and it really yes. like someone like you said, it's not really that different anyway. It's not, and um, and too though the Hable does support languages other than English. I think there's Dutch, <laughs> French, German. Um, so whatever the Braille is over there, it would support those. That's great. Do you think that also? I started my career many, many, many years ago as a Braille instructor. Do you think that something like the Hable is would be helpful to help a, a new learner of Braille? To, to Not necessarily a learner because there's no Braille output. I mean, mm -hmm. like you don't feel the Braille. There's right. nothing you can feel as you're typing. Um, but it would, you know, if, you, if they wanted to practice typing out letters and whatever you know they could get voiceover or talk back to give them the feedback as to what they're writing right. um it would it's kind of meant the hable is 
kind of for typing in Braille, but I think it's also supposed to be like it says on the online, like a remote for your smartphone. It's really, it's supposed to help those people bridge the gap who aren't really comfortable using touch screens and touch devices. It's supposed to be able to let them carry out a lot of the functions on their phone without having to touch it. Right. Um, and some of those I find that touching the phone is much more efficient or quicker, but you can still use the Hable to do those functions. Right. What, what I was thinking also for those new learners of Braille, I mean, when right. I I Braille, don't... A, lot, a lot, you know, the hardest part is to be able to read it, right? To feel. Yeah. And that would not help with that. So, but, but at least, you know, people, you know, can get pretty quickly get up to speed to be able to write Braille. So that may be right. helpful. But along the same vein though, Chanel, since the Braille layout is a little bit different mm -hmm. than you might see on a Perkins style keyboard on a Braille display or a Braille writer, would it be a hard adjustment for somebody to make if they were to like first learn on the Hable and then to try and go to another type of Perkins keyboard? I'm, I'm wondering. That's an interesting question. Um, you know, I I wonder if it would. It's their hands are in a slightly different configuration, you know. So, um, but I don't think it. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Configuration, right? Or like. Well, yeah. Instead of like your hands. Are, you know, you're not, you're kind of, your fingers are reaching towards each other. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. That's a good question. And I honestly, I can't think of an answer. I can hum and yeah, ha and try to be long-winded, but I cannot. Maybe there's somebody here who's a Braille learner or who's been recently learning Braille might have it a better idea. Or, you know, I know yeah. Dorlin is helping lots of people learn Braille. Yeah, I was wondering I don't know if Dorlin would have any of that. thoughts on this. Um, Herbie also has his hand up. So. You know, the, Go the ahead, other, Herbie. I'm sorry, if so, I can just oh. oh, sorry. Were you done, Nisio? Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just kind of finished. If, if um, once you try these keyboards or Braille displays, I mean, going back to a Perkins Braille, it's almost... Uh, non-event i can't even okay. imagine someone doing that okay well thank you we do need to move on but i appreciate your yeah. questions and making us think yeah. awesome yeah so just from my initial impressions of this device i would say probably not for a braille learner unless you they are really good with technology um you have the advantage that like the braille output that you i mean i like screen away mode but it's mm -hmm. personal preference, but you're working in a Braille. We talked about this on, when I demonstrated BSI. Screen away mode is like working with a Braille cell versus having the keys spaced out. So you would have that advantage as they'd be learning in that configuration. But I don't know if I was learning Braille, I would not want to deal with the frustrations of like delayed actions with keys and stuff like that. I would honestly say they'd be better off just using Braille screen input on the phone itself is and... i wouldn't say there's there's only delayed actions when you try to maybe go navigate or when you um right you know there's no delayed actions for entering keys for typing the letters and things i just feel like i'm a bit slower at it with braille's because i have to press down harder you know than right you do but with i braille still think that's input. an added layer that i don't right. know if a learner would want that frustration Maybe not. And whereas Braille screen input at least gives you that immediate feedback. So I think. But a then learner, a lot of people can't even hold their hands correctly for using Braille screen input because it's, you know, it's hard to picture. It's hard to do without yeah. physical keys. For I physical even key. struggle that sometimes. If you're, if you're yeah. learning Braille, you're going to need physical keys. Yeah, you are. With. But I, I, I mean, I guess okay. I don't know that I would just start in general as no. much as I love technology. No. I don't know that I would start but a Braille I... learner off with technology. No. That's... Well, maybe a Braille display or like a note yeah. take, you know, because some, some do learn off of Braille. Yeah. But yeah, I think I see another question. You, yes, yeah, you do too. Okay. Desi, Desi is first. Oh, and we didn't ask about Clubhouse, so we'll... Yeah, do oh we have gosh. any Clubhouse people? Please. We'll go to Desi, but then we'll see if there's 
or uh, it's Nikki your call. Sorry, I'll, I'll yeah, go to Desi first, and then we will see. Hi, too many cooks spoil the pot. Okay, go oh, ahead, it's, Desi. It's all good. Um, I was I was just gonna say a couple of things. One of them is that um, probably not for a braille learner, but for most of us, you know, um, we we didn't have any trouble switching. You know, like for you to use the Hable, you could use the keys right away. So I think it isn't so much about switching the keyboard layouts the way they are. I think that's pretty back and forth. You know, if you mm-hmm. if you already know how to Braille on a Perkins, to put your fingertips facing each other the way you would on a Hable isn't really that hard of an adjustment. But if True. you were learning Braille, I think... I think that would be pretty. Um, yeah, that's true. That's what sounding. I'm saying, you know. Yeah, and then from, yeah. The other, the other thing I wanted to say is, I'm one of those Braille screen input people who never has been able to keep my fingers in the correct mm-hmm. um, writing position. And it's not that they're so far off. It's just that if you, if you, what am I? That's the word I want. If you change just even the tiniest bit it makes a difference your letter doesn't come out right yep so i was thinking (laughs) for me a hable would be fabulous because i understand the concept of braille screen input i've just never been very successful at it and i i hate thinking that about myself because i really pride myself on being able you know to be fairly technologically savvy and to be able to do these things but I have never, every time I try to do Braille screen input, I, I almost go away finally in tears. It's like, why mm. can I not do this? Yeah. I can't do it either. It, I cannot do it. Part of it's the phone's fault, and I realize we have another raised hand, but I just want to briefly say I think the phone is part of the problem, not so much the users. So. And do we have any clubhouse? I just don't want to leave them out. Yeah, I don't want we to. We do not currently. Okay. Okay. Who's our other raised hand, Lucy? Dorlin. Dorlin. Right, Dorlin. Yay. Hey, hey guys. <laughs> I heard my name and figured I'd share my two cents. Um, I kind of agree with everyone on that Braille screen input for a learner, like even as someone who's not a learner, well, always learning, you know, but like yeah. I struggle with Braille screen input. I think anything that makes Desi want to pull her hair out, you know, like is maybe not the way to go for the learner but also an expensive device you know might be a little over their head but if you have access to it you know I think that some technology can really be a way to you know get you going and moving and learning more and you know I just know for me like the first time I got a Perkins it like amplified my braille learning and then when I got my (laughs) first braille display it really set me off because all of a sudden I had so much more access to braille and you know so I think if someone had access to a Hable one the fact that they're a learner shouldn't deter them from having it but I don't think that there should maybe be their first priority on a limited budget either right um, yeah, but again, sense. I think if you've got act, if you've got you know, a rich uncle that wants to buy you a Hable one or something, and you're just learning <laughs> the code, take them up on it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's I like that idea on that. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. No more raised hands right no now. No more raised hands. Wow. Well, isn't it great? We can you talk about the pros. The oh. oh, good. Okay, okay. great. Awesome. All right, Tyann. Oh, Tyann again. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Tyann, are you there? Hello. There she is. There we go. Okay. Voiceover stopped talking. Um, anyway, so I just had a comment about how I love the fact that there are now multiple uh, ways of uh, braille input um, because honestly yes. I type faster oh, wow. in braille than on a QWERTY keyboard mm-hmm. Me too. and so I just you know and I'm one of those that um, need the physical buttons like I've tried to use screen away mo- or uh, braille screen input multiple times and it's frustrating oh yeah 
Thanks, Diane. We have 11 minutes. I just love, Nikki, that on this call, we not only talk about devices, but the, the pros and cons of doing Braille digitally for different types of people. I think this I is think great. I think awesome that we can get into this. And it's, sometimes it doesn't go to according to plan, and it gets it's better than even plan does. <laughs> yep. So, all right. So what we're going to do here, um, we have five more, well, about five more minutes. And... Sure. I want to, um, after the five minutes are up, I want to give Dorlin a chance at five till to give us a recap or a, a, an overview of what's coming up in Braille. So if you have anything to say, quick and get your hands in because I do want to make sure we, we give Dorlin a few minutes at the very end here. Okay, Herbie. Ahead, so Herbie. Um, first of all, if anybody wants it, you know, I do have a copy of my demo that I did a Braille screen input. It's probably in the podcast somewhere. I, I have just it. Say... <laughs> Never mind. What? I said I have it. You have it. All so right. do I. Yeah, yep. I do. So the key with Braille screen input is calibration a lot. I think the phone messes it up somehow and... Why do I say this? Well, for one thing, I definitely, as much as I use it, I have the same frustrations, and I think it's actually gotten worse over the years, as much as I do love that method of typing. But um, the phone just constantly loses orientation for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because of all the gyroscopes in the phone that throw it off, and the sensors for this and that, or whatever it is. So I think that it's not you, it's the phone that is a lot more of the problem. So don't feel bad and, you know, just be firm with it. Say, phone, okay, here's the deal. You're going to cooperate with me. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to start by calibrating. And you do that with, you know, your four, five, six, one, two, three. And just, I, like I said, figuring out which method works best. I do prefer the screen away mode. And then just knowing how to space your fingers. Also, another factor that can be too is... Having a larger phone screen can also help with your BSI because of more real estate. And iPad users, I think, from what I understand, have the easiest time with Braille screen input because of that. And I know some of you do have iPads as well. So if you struggle with it on your phone, give it a try on the iPad and see if you have a better experience. All right. You do what? have Curious a raised hand in Clubhouse. Okay, go ahead. All right, Alexander. Um, hello. Yeah, we can hello. hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Um, I was just going to quickly mention listening about the Braille screen um input that because uh, I've I've noticed a lot of people always talk about the um away mode. I think it is. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. How that's. Yeah, that's just a method that a lot of people um, use, but I've, I've been telling some users that I know um, that if you're struggling with that way, because I I struggle with that, um, I have not been able to master it or learn how to, uh, so I've, I've been advising some people that if they have a little bit of trouble with that, to try out the tabletop mode. Uh, because oh, I do better with the tabletop I, mode. I, I use yeah, that, that is, myself. That is the mode that I find the easiest um, to use. And as long as I uh, calibrate the the dots, as soon as I notice that, like, I insert the, like, wrong letter, even though I was uh, doing, you know, the dots that I know it's supposed to be the specific letter and just calibrate them and you'll be fine. And you can, like, just keep, you know, going, like, da 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 then to side of people, it'll look like you're doing code and they'll be so impressed <laughs> um but that that was just my little tip is that if one mode isn't working that maybe try the the other mode that it has um, yeah that's definitely a good tip definitely you guys that use braille screen input i'm curious have you ever typed anything like really long like a like a long email with um no you know no, see that yes. I haven't either, and I you have. Oh, Herbie's. I have kind of. I more so back when I first started using it, just as an experiment. In fact, I did write even half of a page of a paper once. Um, I will just say that I will write. I can still write longer things on it, but what's really 
the reason why I've actually stopped writing longer things on Braille screen input is because one of the annoying changes that Apple has made is it used to repeat back the word to you when you hit the space command. And yeah. now you have to deal with that annoying space. And that really throws me off and has messed me up because I don't catch mistakes as easily. And yeah, so yeah. That's otherwise, if they put that feature back in, I probably would be even more inclined to use it for even longer things. I will say this much, though. I do can I can write longer things in Braille screen input than I can just typing out on the phone. Like if oh, I yeah. just use the regular oh, yeah. keyboard. So. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I will say last night, there were a bunch of people sending me messages and I just found it way quicker to write and Braille screen input, even though, you know, some of it was short, but some of them I was carrying on a conversation than it was, I'm still just not as comfortable with the Hable and pick you know, and cause I can just put my finger on the screen somewhere and sometimes yeah. it ends up where I want it to be. Sometimes it, most of the time it doesn't, but still it's just far easier to flick and then get in that text field and then you know, turn your keyboard and type, then I don't know. I've, I've just gotten too used to the touch screen, but I do make a lot of Braille screen input errors too, or struggle with yeah, it more I than others. To. Yeah. Okay. You got five okay, minutes. So, all right. So since we have five minutes, I want to give Dorlin her chance to give us an overview of what is coming up in the Braille world on ACB community and even other places online. Indeed. Thank you, Nikki. And it's a busy week because it's the man, Louis Braille himself's birthday this coming week. Uh, he would have turned, uh, I believe it's 204 this year. All right. So here we go, guys. Uh, no weekend Braille together tonight. Uh, be sure to get over and enjoy the community-a-thon instead. Then uh, Sunday and Tuesday, Every Sunday and Tuesday, we have our Braille breakout rooms at 6 p.m. Eastern time where you can come work on something you're trying to learn or help someone else work on something they're trying to learn with Braille. Then uh, let's see, this coming Tuesday the 3rd, there will be no traditional Braillist call. However, at 7.30 a.m., Eastern time, so it's pretty early there because they're doing this over in London, the UK... Um, Accessible Format Association of Accessible Formats is doing a call. Um, um, a Passion for Braille series is getting started, and Matthew Horsepool of the Braillist will be there. Um, that event you can find at the Braillist.org main page and the registration link for that. Then, of course, Tuesday, like I said, we'll be there for breakout rooms at 6 p.m. Um, let's see. Then the following Tuesday after that for the Braillist on the 10th should be their Braille bar. Then moving on to Wednesday, our big day, Louis Braille's birthday. So um, another one of these early ones, there is a Braille conference going on um, that the Braillists are doing. It's 4.15 a.m. to um, 7.45 a.m. Eastern time. But I think if you register, you'll get links to probably get to recordings, um, although they may put that on their podcast. But that's also on the Braillist main uh, page there if you want to register for, for that. These are all different registration links there. Um, but that's a Six Dots to Success conference, and you can read more about that on their page as well. Then uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time, the uh, APH series, the Lego Brick series, they're going to be having uh, Braille around the world. So you can Google APH Lego Brick series to find the link for that webinar. And that's 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Then 7 p.m. Eastern time, we've got uh, Braille technology throughout the ages. Big one for this group. Um, that's being done by the Braillists. Another one that you need to do a separate registration link for, which also can be found on the Braillists.org, their main page there. Um, but they're going to have a panel talking about where Bra Braille technology has been, where it is, and where it's going. So I think everyone here would enjoy that. And that's 7 p.m. Eastern time. Now. 8 p.m. Eastern time, back to the community calls list, guys. Um, this is going to be the Braille Revival League of New York is doing their Louis Braille uh, celebration. There's going to be presentations, a song, and time to share. Uh, again, that's 8 p.m. Eastern time, and that will be on the community calls list. Then uh, Thursday, January 5th at noon, the I Love Braille call is going to have a guest speaker, Joe Quintanilla, um, the vice president of the National Braille Press, presenting. 
And then their next week, January 12th, will be the I Have a Question session. Again, that's noon Eastern time on Thursdays. Then 9 p.m. Eastern time on Thursdays, uh, grade three Braille will be back. Then let's see, Saturday, January 7th, Weekend Braille Together will be back at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be doing a talk about progress and goals. We'll talk about the progress you made in 2022 and the goals you have for 2023 when it comes to Braille. And then the following Saturday, January 15th, Weekend Braille Together, we'll be doing um, a resource swap at 6 p.m. Eastern. And of course, before that, at 1 p.m. Eastern time, we'll be back here for doing Braille digitally on the 15th. And with that, back to you, Nikki. Thank Ooh. you very much, Dorlin. And thank you, everyone. We had really great discussion today. Thank you all for attending, participating, and listening. And we will see you in two weeks. I'm not quite sure what we will have yet. I'm in communication with some prospects. So we will see what happens. Thank you all. I want to wish everyone a happy new year. <laughs>